This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing. I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. We're here after yesterday's one-all draw with Liverpool. It was a point. It was so nearly all three. Joining me today to dissect the game in a bit more detail, I have Jamie Castle, Kieran Robertson. Jamie, how are you? Good. Only just caught my breath. Um, I'm an addition to the Luton Town injury list after Kieran jumped on me during the Liverpool goal. Um, on my neck in, been on ibuprofen all day. Can't really twist it. So cheers, Kieran. Um, but no, what an occasion. Um, what a result. Obviously gutted to not not get all three, but certainly would have bitten your hand off if you offered me one one at half past four yesterday afternoon. Um, so all round, really proud. Um, but yeah, can't help but have an, an overriding feeling of deflation, which which is a positive feeling. But but yeah, still a bit deflated. Kieran's an absolute terror. He um he injured me. I put Sunderland uh, into my shin. It's becoming a bit of a theme now. But, but Kieran, how are you? Mate? To be fair, I nearly got my own karma, didn't I? Because editor Mark clotheslined me at Nottingham Forest, and I was on the fucking deck. So fine, swings and roundabouts. Um, I'd say living the dream. I mean, for those of you that aren't aware, passed my driving test on Friday, so drove to Luton on Sunday as any normal person would 48 hours after passing a driving test. Fine. Um, and so far so good because we didn't lose. So good omen, question mark. <laughs> we'll see for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, similar to Jamie, I think thoughts, 
if someone says to me before the game, you go one, take a one, one, you'd be laughing. But when you go one nil up in a game that you don't expect to go one nil up in, and it's still one nil in added time, there's that little bit of you that's like, they could come back, but also, oh my God, we're about to win. And then their goal was a bit, it's a bit lame. We'll get onto it. But yeah, my, I summed it up best in my tweet yesterday was disappointed, but not angry. And like I said, we'll get on to that in a moment. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough assessment of the game. But before we get into things in a bit more detail, we're just one week away from announcing our giveaway winner. And if you haven't heard by now, we've got three big prizes for the lucky winner. We have the 23-24 shirt of your choice. We have three A4 Luton-related prints from the talented Matthew J. Wood. And we've also got the playoff final CFAX mug um, which has gone down very, very well. Um, if the numbers are anything to go by and to make sure you are in with a chance of winning, make sure that you subscribe to Oak Road Hatter on YouTube. That's the big one. Retweet and share this post wherever you see it, whether that be Facebook, whether that be Instagram, whether that be Twitter, make sure you do that also. And then the last thing for a double entry, make sure you tag three friends in said post. Going on to the game and we will, before we go through our um, analysis, as always, we go through too good, too bad. And I guess the the overriding feeling, what we've already stated already, is that it was a little bit deflating given the way that things went. But as always, people have come in with a too good, too bad very well. Our first too good, too bad of the evening is from Dale Robertson, who's too good, was scoring from open play and box to box Barkley. Barkley having a very good game and, and speaking to Liverpool fans today at work. He tends to do that when he when he goes and plays against Liverpool, which uh, I'm sure is a happy record that, that he... Uh, continued yesterday, going on to his too bad, um, not going to say anything bad after that performance and result, which um, I think is fair enough, given probably when you compare expectations to the actual uh, final outcome. Uh, I don't think that was much bad at all. We'll go on to Donny Kennedy, who's too good, was Kaminsky was absolutely top draw and we absorbed pressure really, really well. Of course, I think it was 75% possession. Um, coming to you, Kieran Kaminsky, again, we've spoken a lot about him in recent weeks. It seems like he's upped it to a to a very high level. I'm just gutted for him. I'm gutted for him that he didn't get that first clean sheet of the season. Same here. And what a game it would have been in to get his first clean sheet. To be like, yeah, Sam, my first clean sheet was against Liverpool. Like... Every performance he's had this season, you can see a significant improvement as well. And I think the Liverpool game showed it. I think there's actually a clip from a few podcasts back discussing Kaminsky. And I said, there will be a few games where he will ship three, four goals, but there will be games where he wins us points. Last night, prime example, you play Liverpool on any other day. Like, don't get me wrong. I think where we needed to, we boss Liverpool. However, there are saves in that game when I was watching them back that kept it from being three, four, five, one. And that's before we've even scored a goal. And the amount of times that I found myself saying, fuck me, what a save was criminal. Like eight, nine, ten times I'm thinking, how on earth 
because you're thinking surely one goes in, surely one goes in. But the one I remember best was, I think it was early in the second half, Nunes. Nunes has played through and hit a snapshot. And they're the ones that we typically don't get away with. They're the ones that just come off and it's an instant goal. And I've seen it go against us so many times. But my word, stretched all the way across the goal. It was going top corner. It was a quality strike from Nunes. Probably the only one he hit all game, to be honest. And what what a save like even liverpool fans i saw a few heads just go like this like how have you not scored um so yeah i've I've got nothing bad to say about him like you said i'm gutted i'm gutted he wasn't able to get his clean sheet um but in terms of all-round performance by far his best of the season and the thing for me that's key is i know that there's a few better performances than that coming and jamie going back to um well, it, it was actually still Donny Kennedy's uh, point here. We absorbed pressure really well. I think our shape was fantastic. Uh, we chose the right times to press, which I think listening to Rob Edwards the last two or three weeks, that has been vitally important in, in how we approach these games against the better clubs in this division. Um, so to, to absorb pressure really well, to tactically um, go toe-to-toe and, and maybe even surpass a Jurgen Klopp team, that was a massively, massively good thing to to come of, uh, from last night. Yeah, and and not for the first time this season, Edwards had us tactically spot on off the ball. We were outstanding. Um, best I've seen a, a Luton team off the ball in in a long, long time. Um, and yeah, again, sort of as Kevin said, gutted for Kaminsky to not get the clean sheet. Gutted for the players. Gutted for Rob to, to not get the win. Um, you can tell Joe Gomez at left back was one of our, our sort of triggers for the press. Whenever he got the ball, Townsend was out and Gabor was to follow up. And and I think that that's something that sometimes this season we've been caught out where someone's gone to press and his mates not 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 followed him up, be it Gabor or Doughty followed in the press. And, and you just got pulled out of a shape and got behind. But last night that didn't happen. Every man was just spot on in, in that press last night. Um, and we had to be. Um, for ninety-five minutes, we we were perfect. Um, unfortunately, for for three minutes, we weren't, or for for one action, we weren't. Um, which is which is gutting, but it it stands in good stead. I think if you play play like that on Saturday at United and Palace at home, the the, the home after that, um, we'll get we'll get points this season. And on that performance, I've got no no doubts whatsoever that 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 will stay up. Um, especially after that performance, obviously it's one performance, and we now need to be consistent in that in in that level of in that level of performance. Um, but based on that, yeah, we've got ev- every chance. Going on to Donny Kennedy's too bad final third decision making needs some sharpening, and Kabore seemed to spend a lot of time on the ground and then be fine. Doesn't seem very looting to me. And, and just going to that first point of of the final third decision making. <laughs> Um, do you agree with that? I'm just laughing at I'm just like laughing at Kieran's oh, look on his face to that last point. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll get back to the first one in a minute, but just ay ay ay, it's I actually don't know how to start this sentence. Kabore spent a lot of time on the floor, probably. Because every fucker that went near him wanted to clatter him and injure him. 
and the first time his contact lenses fell out of his eye or got stuck in his eye hence why he was working around like, oh god i don't know what i'm doing i think i might have blown that up a little bit but just <laughs> that just screams of like i picked a bad point out of nowhere just for the sake of like he didn't spend a lot of time on the floor that was Cabore's best game in a Luton shirt so far but Bill, can you repeat the first part of that as well? Because enough about that. Final third decision making needs some sharpening. Fair in fair in context, yeah. Like the one chance I remember was the obvious one is Obene skinning both Trent and Conate, and he's through on goal, and you're thinking he takes a touch, and you think, all right, slap it then, and he wants to play it to Morris, which like is that a bad thing? No. But then, like I said, it needs some sharpening. The decision around it is like, when do you pass to Morris? When do you be selfish? Like, if Obene shoots and it creeps in, or the keeper parries it and Townsend or Chong or Morris follow it up, like, no one's going to be angry at him for having the pop of the shot. And to be honest, he's... It's not Obene's fault that he's quite a selfless player. Like, he is very much team first, me second. But there are certain contexts like that one example where that is a bit of a detriment. Like you wonder, oh, yeah, we got a corner out of it and we kept him under the cosh, sure. But like in that situation, it's not the first time he's been in that situation because he had the same opportunity at Villa where you just think, shift it, right foot, have a go. Like what's to stop you? Do you know what I mean? If he adds a clinical streak to his game, oh my word, oh my word. I think we'd we'd be struggling come January to, to keep hold of him and we'd be talking about an eight-figure number um, that we'd be wanting to to reject, that is for sure. Uh, Jamie, coming to you lastly for this, um, final third decision-making, that point there. I think there's elements of that I agree with, but I think also when you break down our goal, I think that is an example of where... It doesn't need sharpening where we displayed um, decision making at its finest when we broke out with pace and scored what we could probably categorise as the perfect counter attacking goal. Yeah, I think in, in transition, we're, we're excellent in terms of Barkley beating his man, who, by the way, was outstanding yesterday, Ross Barkley. Um, so props to him. Managed to, to, to carry the ball up the pitch, lay it in the path of Kaboray. Inch perfect pass. It, it, it meant Kaboy didn't need to break stride and he could just run onto it and, and carry it forward. Um, again, Kaboy, excellent, fantastic ball into the path of Chong. Perfect location. If that was any further sort of forward, then that, that goes to Allison. If, if it was any further behind, then that's behind Chong. So it was a, a perfect ball into the path of Chong and then a, a great finish. So all round, an excellent goal. Um, I, I do think we can get better in terms of that sort of that final third. I think. We are better when we haven't got that long to think about it. Well, when we're in transition, when we're on the, on the break, but when we're sort of on the ball for a bit, it almost seems like the players are like they just get a bit of like stage fright and they think, well, what do I do? And and they always maybe pick the wrong pass or over hit or under hit. Um, so I, I I do agree. I think like Chio Chio had too long to think about it in in that in that one one instance like that that Kieran mentioned, but it will come. And I think for me that that was the the one difference between us and them yesterday. I think the the XG says three three one to them, um, but I don't think they caused any more threat than us. It's just that all of their threatening opportunities 
ended up in a chance or shot or, or or whatever. Whereas we had lots of threat, and just because that threat didn't end end in a shot on goal, it didn't record record on the xG. Um, so that that's one of the downfalls of of that as a stat. And I think in terms of threat going forwards, we were as good as them yesterday. And on Facebook, we also had another further two comments. Uh, Ruby Mick said, Merseyside teams are my favourite prey. Uh, that means it's now four points from six, uh, sorry, four points of our total of six points from Merseyside clubs, which is, um, yeah, it's becoming the new Yorkshire for us. <laughs> and John Stark also put proud of the Hatters. We're going to head into a short break, but when we're back, we'll go through a little bit more analysis of yesterday's draw against Liverpool. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for part two of today's episode, reviewing yesterday's one-all draw with Liverpool. And Jamie, I'll come to you with this one Um I guess in the grand scheme of things, without applying the context of how the game panned out, do you see it as a bonus point? Do you see this as a point that our relegation uh, battlers, the Bournemouths, the Burnleys, the Sheffield United, do you see them picking up a point like like yesterday? Yeah, um, I think that that's almost the impossible question because others might gain a point against Arsenal or Spurs or Chelsea. So I think it, I, I don't think about it in that sense. I, just, I think you just have to care about yourselves. And for us, that's a bonus point. Um, I think if we are to stay up, then you need to win the home games like Palace next, for example, and and then get points like Forest away. They're, they're, they're not considered bonus points. They're considered good points towards our, our, our target. But in terms of Liverpool at home, that, that certainly is a bonus point. I think if if you're looking at the fixture list at the start of the season, you put L's next to Arsenal, Liverpool, City, even United, Chelsea, home and away. You you start you you start trying to get to that thirty five forty points target, and your 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 first portal call is putting L's next to Liverpool at home. Um, so that is absolutely a bonus point. Um, it brings. The total required from the, the the winnable games now down to thirty four points, which is it, it sort of brings that boundary down. Um, so yeah, I think in in the context, it definitely is a bonus point. And then Kieran, going back to the very start, we we saw the team sheet. We um, I guess the the main point of conversation was whether 
we have three midfield or if we had the two, we opted for the two. It, you know, ended up as a tactical decision that, that worked in our favour. But were you surprised given the way we talked about this fixture, uh, Liverpool dominating midfield battles, quick movement in the middle third? Were you surprised that it was two? And were you surprised that it worked as effectively as it did? I'm... I wouldn't say I'm surprised that we went with it, but I would agree with your second part of that question, which is I'm quite surprised that it did work out. But then with the benefit of hindsight, a lot of our play was always going to come down the wings, right? So it's fairly obvious that we were going to stack up with a wingback and a winger when you look at who they had at fullback, when you had Trent, who went for a, a walkabout every 10 minutes anyway. And then you had Gomez, who... Bambi or nice, if I want to quote Jamie last night. So, and also the most right-footed player to play at left-back I think I've ever seen for any team, which is a bold decision in the Prem. But anyway, that's Klopp's problem. That's not my problem. So I'm glad in hindsight, it's obviously easy for me to be like, well, yeah, obviously we would have gone 5-2-3 because we wanted to double up on Gomez, double up on Trent. And it worked because... Our goal came from wing play down count on the counter attack at the end of the day from one wing to the next. That's how we scored. It's how they were exposed at the back when they only had Van Dijk and Canate running back for that counter attack. Can't complain. Like there'll be other games where it won't prove as fruitful, and that'll be where Rob needs to adapt. But equally, when you look at our lack of depth in midfield, which is being addressed behind the scenes, as far as I'm aware and probably will most definitely be addressed in January. It's kind of the best of a bad bad situation, isn't it? Because we only really have Pelly to come off the bench in that role. So it's the same as we questioned with the three centre-halves last week. When Osho first came back, we went, oh, are you, still, are you fit enough? Like, we don't have a centre-half on the bench. It's a bit risky. That's probably the feeling with the midfield, is if we lose a Nakamba, if we lose a Pelly, if we lose a Barkley to injury, we are screwed in that department by any means. So playing two, but you're playing the Camber who's relentless and runs and runs and runs and that boy will not leave you alone. And then playing Ross Barkley, who covers more blades of grass than I thought he would in a Luton Town shirt. So that's a plus already. But two, killer pass, confidence, knows how to drive of a ball. The three things you look for in a box-to-box midfielder. And I think that's the difference between playing Barkley to Pelly is just that it's that extra second that he doesn't take to make a decision. And that was our deciding factor yesterday. He was so influential in a counter, so influential. Even when he had two, three men around him, he's keeping hold of the ball and he's playing it off. And that was our difference maker yesterday. So, yes, long story short, yes, it was good to go with that too. Let's touch on the atmosphere yesterday. It was electric. Obviously, you two were there. I wasn't. Um but hearing us on the TV again, um, it was loud. It was everything we, we would have wanted um, in terms of how we started. We, you know, we were battling very well. And I think that always gets the crowd going. We just want to touch on, obviously, the tragedy chanting that's, you know, Luton have now put out a statement, um, uh, basically addressing that situation. And it's really disappointing that those chants have surfaced. But at the same time, I think as a podcast, we want to talk about the football. We're here to talk about the football. I don't know enough of what happened yesterday to to go into to more detail. 
Um, so I think that's the, the reason why we're only going to briefly touch on it and, and move on from that. Um, so, yeah, got back to the football, back to what was a fantastic performance. And we don't want to take anything away from what was an incredible Luton Town performance and one that will, you know, long live in the memory of us town fans. So let's go on to the defensive line. Uh, you, you see Osho, you see Mengi there, two very, well, even Lockyer, all three very unexperienced players against a very quick, dynamic Premier League, well, top of the Premier League, um, I guess, pecking order in terms of a front three. But they've done very, very well. Um, Osho in particular, uh, in particular but, but Mengi as well. Those two had absolute stormers and, and Lockyer as well, just keeping it all together was as solid as, as we've um, come to know of him. Just touching Jamie on Osho, who played Premier League football for just the second time um, in his life. And he had such a, you know, unreal performance against one of the best players in the world in, in Mo Salah. Yeah, the, uh, the Gabe Osho redemption arc is, is continuing, obviously, it... It seems like a, a a different universe now to think about the Gabe Osho that that was conceding penalties for fun and that Watford red card. Um, he's he's a different player. He's unbelievable physically, immense. Um, you look at the, the physicality that they had yesterday in terms of Canate and Van Dyke. Canate, by the way, a monster. Um, and Osho obviously not as tall, but in terms of strength and pace, as, as good as what they have. Um, so so excited for his his Premier League future with us. I think he he definitely is physically a Premier League centre half, and you're now thinking that when fit, we've got six very good centre halves for this level. Um, obviously Burke, Anderson, and Bell out. Um, Mengi's come in and and done way more than I had expected him to do already. Um, to, to get him from United. Well, is he twenty one, twenty two? He's he's not. He's certainly not not much older than that. I don't think he's um got a, got a great career ahead of him. Um, but yeah, on Gabe, I mean, moment of of last night, other than the goal, was in the what ninety fourth minute when he I think he, he he won the ball back from a a second phase of a set piece, um, and then won the corner again down right by us, and he went mental into the home fans and he wild us up and. That's that's the passion that, that you want from from a Luton player in in, that, in every game, but certainly in that situation. Um, so big props to Osho, especially long term injury to come back and play so well in 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 what was what an hour at Villa and and ninety minutes, um, hundred minutes against Liverpool yesterday. Um, yeah, massive performance, and yeah, it's just you, you can't really say much more than that. He was excellent. Incredibly, there's been lots of different centre-back combinations so far. Um, obviously, we've played four at the back, so there's been some pairings, but but I think largely we've played with three at the back. And I think it's, what, seven defenders we're up to now that have, that have occupied those roles. And you look at Osho and Mengen, probably um, in the context of how strong our back line is. I don't know if they would have necessarily been starting options come uh, at the start of the season but returning performances like yesterday exactly how strong is that that back line and if all options were available it'd be near you know, be a near impossible task here and to to pick a starting three it felt like yesterday 
Tom Lockyer walked so Osho and Mengi could run. Like, Tedan Mengi's sort of becoming that player that when we signed him, for me, I want to highlight him just because I could go on and on and on for my love for Gabe Osho. Like, that man is... Love. Love you, man. But Mengi, for me, is... There was a lot of question marks when we signed him, and I threw a few of those out there, I'll be honest. But there's a reason that that man was captain of United under-21s. Like, you don't just become captain for willy-nilly at any academy foot club, let alone Manchester United. And he is coming into his own, and he's that prime example of a young player. I think he's, like Jamie, you alluded to his age, I think he's 23 at best. He's no older than that. And it's one of those that you just need to give him regular game time at a high level to reach that high level. Like, there's... You can loan out these sorts of players. Like, he went to Birmingham. That's the one loan sort of move I remember him making. I can't remember if there was one in between Birmingham and then us. But that's the sort of move where it either he shines above the rest or he plays to the level of the team. And at Birmingham, he probably played to the level of the team, which, no offence, Brum, but you haven't exactly lit the world on fire for about 10 years. So you then put him in a Luton side who fight for each other, who want to win, who want to survive in this league. And that attitude becomes contagious. Like we genuinely have something to fight for. So these sorts of players who have high potential, in air quotes, that potential is going to shine through quicker because there's just a higher standard expected. Like they almost, especially when you come up against the Liverpool, you have to put in 110% because they can play at 80 and beat you. Whereas yesterday, we played that well that we took Liverpool to 100% of their capacity and they had to get a late equaliser. That's how well our back line played. They kept them under so well that I can't fault them. Even for the goal, you're just kind of like, okay, but like my reaction to the goal was like, okay, but cool. Like, How good has this performance been? And yeah, if we'd have then conceded again, different story. But Osho, Mengi, both brought them in for the same reasons, both young players, both up-and-coming players. And I'm so happy for Gabe Osho. Again, another reminder, he was a free. Gabe Osho signed on a free. Mengi signed on a free. We have paid zero pounds for these players. And there's clubs that spend 10, 15, 20, 30 million on centre-arse. We don't even lace their boots for 90 minutes. Unbelievable. Oh, we are rolling to the bank, gentlemen. Jeez. I've just checked. He's he's 21, Mengi. And it, I think it's a theme of Luton Town Football Club through our eyes. If you mentioned Gabe Osho on a free from Reading, benefiting from other clubs' issues, Reading now bottom of League One since, since we got him. Um, to think that, I wouldn't say they let him go for free, but but the fact that that we managed to to get him from them and and they're now where they are, Man United. You look at their centre half issues. Okay, got Maguire and Johnny Evans. The fact that, that the fact that they chose to sign Johnny Evans on a free again rather than just giving Mengi a go speaks volumes. We're like, okay, then if you don't want him, we will. Now we brought him in, right of a back three, put in a seven half eight, eight out of ten performance against Liverpool. For, for what I believe to be a, a sub £1 million transfer fee. Um, phenomenal. And it's just a theme that that that, that we've had through our eyes in terms of benefiting from, from other clubs' woes. And um, long may it continue. 
And then just purely looking at starting 11 from yesterday, you add Ogbene's name to that list. You add Barkley's name to the list, Townsend's name to the list, five of the 11, um, all free agents. And it's incredible that we've been able to continually, throughout all of the divisions, continue to spot so much talent that other clubs um, either have turned the nose to or generally don't believe good enough for, for what they're trying to achieve, which is just incredible. I don't think there's another club like Luton Town when it comes to signing players that are not deemed um, good enough, which, you know, I hope we continue to do that because it's it's an impressive trait and it's also quite cheap as well. <laughs> and I love it. You've got to love it, especially when they turn, like Reese Burke as well is another name that, that, adapted to Premier League football seamlessly. It's incredible that we've got so many players that are of Premier League quality that are cost us zilch. It's bizarre. It's bizarre that it's been able to carry on for as long as it's carried on. Let's go on to our goal in a bit more detail. And I think when we look back to maybe Brighton at the start of the season, Chelsea, um, there was this notion that counter-attacking football was going to be massive for us. It's slowly creeped up in terms of the quality that we've been able to produce um, going forward in the attacking transition. But yesterday, as we mentioned before, that was just a perfect example of um, a, a growth in our counter-attacking abilities. And, and to Heath Chung, a player off the bench again, somebody coming, it again shows how important having a big squad is. A squad that's hungry, a squad that will sees opportunities when they arise and that's exactly what he did yesterday Kim it is and at one point in time he was our record signing for about a week um, but like you said our squad is full of we signed a lot of players and our squad only deemed space for a couple of them in the first 11 right so then same as we say about any player if you're off the bench and you get your chance bloody take that chance and Sahif Chong, my friend, you did take that chance. We have deliberated a lot, and I know it's been a consensus about Kabore's final third ability, i.e. that cross. We've seen many go over the bar. Let's not beat around the bush. We've seen many overshoot and go out for throw-ins. My God, what a ball that was. And all Chong had to do was tap it in. It was right on a plate for him, and he just took it, finished his dinner, took his opportunity. That's... That's all it is. And again, it comes from Ross Barkley. It just comes from that idea of the ball comes to him and immediately the turn was just Troy's turn, looks up. He already knows where he's playing that ball and it's already off the Kabore and he carries on running with it. Like it's not a pass static. Oh, wait, hold on. I should probably join in. He's like, bang, I'm off. And he's already sprinting away just in case the cutback's open. But Chong was so, so quick and Kanate just lost him made it really, really easy. And it just goes to show those opportunities are there. And like we're put under pressure by a team like Liverpool. But then what's to stop us doing that and punishing a team like Brentford, a Crystal Palace, a West Ham, being teams like this who we're going to be on the counter-attack or under the cosh against. If Liverpool are going to crumble defensively like that, expect a lot more teams to crumble defensively too. And I think... The general consensus from last night was people who watched that game went, oh, 
oh, they're not that bad, are they? Like, hold on. Like, a lot of Liverpool fans I work with, or obviously being in a gym, obviously you can imagine there's a lot of Liverpool armchair fans in there. And not one person has said anything to me along the lines of, you were so lucky. How did you get a result? It was very much, how did we get a result? As in Liverpool fans, how are they getting a result? And if a Liverpool was saying that about us, that says a lot because they don't normally give out that praise for free. Um, and they're not going to be the last team either. We're going to punish teams like that, but except it won't just be a 1-0 and sit off it. There's going to be a team this season that we go 2-3-0 up against and they're going to be sat looking around at each other like, what do we do to stop it? But we are that sort of team that once we get going, get going, get going, we can't stop it. I can't wait to see more. The exciting element with it all as well is that we're still very much a work in progress. We've played, what, 10, 11 Premier League matches. We've shown a real, um, we've shown real improvement pretty much for every game. If you look at where we were at Brighton to, to where we are now, imagine if we continue to to grow in the same way um, come sort of mid-season, you, you just, you know, that brings you excitement to, to see where we're at. I think we'll have to mention again the Luis Diaz goal. Um, 95th minute, of course, it turned three points to one point. Um, I think you mentioned it already, Kieran, defensively. And when you actually break the goal down, there's not actually too much wrong in terms of attaching blame anywhere. Um, if you're probably being picky, there would be. But you'd probably do that for, for any anything, really. Um, yeah. But Luis Diaz... Um, just want to mention him because he's been going through awful, awful things. Um, for him to score that goal, and I know you know we, we don't celebrate opposition's goal and, and rightly so, but if it was anybody to score, you're almost happy it was him. Yeah, that's that's, that's the trouble, isn't it? It was a bit cheeky. I thought that the Premier League gave him man of the match when he was probably on the pitch for ten minutes, but. Fine, we are where we are. Um, like you said, you can't, I couldn't fault anything. Like the ball from Harvey Elliott was top draw, and that's what happens when you've got fresh legs on the pitch. Just offering that something a little bit different, like you are going to get picked apart. And there's a lot of other chances where we, like I said earlier in the pod, we could have easily conceded. And But Kaminsky made good saves. It's bound to happen. Like that was the only thing that went through my head last night when we scored and it kind of calmed down a little bit. I went, Ah, this doesn't look good, does it? Because you knew that we weren't going to go for it. And there's usually only one ending to that poem. But again, like, I'm not super arsed. Like, I'm not sat here like, oh, my God, like, angry. Like, how the hell have we conceded? Oh, it's 1-1 and we should have beaten Liverpool. Perspective, context, relax. It's a point gained. Like, it's, you could sit and, like you said, you could sit and nitpick. You can sit and be like, well, Cabore should have jumped higher. All right. Well, Cabore is five foot nine and Diaz is nearly six foot. So you do the maths on how that one would work. Um, it is what it is. Like, that's not, it wasn't a glaring problem that you look at and go, ah, we need to sort that going into next week because that is horrific defending. For 95 minutes, we defended our bollocks off yesterday. And like I said a minute ago, Liverpool walked away from that, struggling to beat us. It wasn't the other way around. A top 
poor side, a Champions League football team, walked away from that and went, thank God we got a point. Perspective. It's all right. It's all good. One point gained, not two drops. I'm... I'm I'm going to nitpick slightly. I think I'm going to just break it down. I watch watch the goal back just before the pod, and it, it is really frustrating. I think Edwards will be really disappointed this like today this morning watching it back because um, we we've got the ball. Marv's on the ball, goes to clear it. I think cannons off Eli's shin back into the path of of Liverpool player. So that's that's one frustration. I think Canati isn't on the ball. Ross Bartley goes in with a slide tackle. And I think hesitates slightly. I think he thinks about not giving away a foul, but probably could have gone in a bit harder. Falls to falls to Elliot, and then I think Alfie Dowdy sort of caught in two minds, goes to press but doesn't fully, which then allows the ball to float in. And yeah, and then Kabori gets out jumped by Luis Diaz, which is frustrating. I think almost a bit like the West Ham goal where where Jared Bowen out jumps Ryan Giles. If you don't really want to be out jumped by by a a, a smaller wide man. If it was a, a Darwin, then as you think, fair play. You've just managed to get that ma- that match up right from from their perspective, um, and then it it sort of loops over Kaminsky's head. So you think, did did he get caught in the half space? Should he have gone to t- try and claim it? Should he have stayed on his line? Yeah, as I say, it's nitpicking and it, it's frustrating. But that they're the moments that if if one of those moments doesn't happen and the the person's in the right place or you're in you're in the tackle hard enough or you press fast enough then that goal's prevented so it's just one of those sort of four or five margins that I've picked out needed to go in our favour but all four or five went against us so it is really frustrating still really proud to have to have got a point and played really well but you can't help but think that you just think what if like it would have been a famous victory and in 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 the in the immediate aftermath of the goal, I was heartbroken because I was like, "Please, Luton, please, Luton!" For like the five minutes before that, please just like hold on. Um, but but we couldn't. But no no qualms about it. Really proud of the performance. Um, but that's that's Edward's job is is to be nitpicky and, and try and stop stop it from happening in the future. And I, and I've got every faith that that you will. And it was an immense sense of pride for what we left out there in terms of every aspect of the game. I think physically, we more than competed. Tactically, we were, were spot on. Mentally, for the large majority of the game, we, we were brilliant. And yeah, as you say, it's that difficulty of really getting to sense of having all three points and, and then getting, getting down to one point, especially a season where every point is going to be absolutely vital. Uh, but but ultimately, things like this will happen this season, where um, you know we'll be on the right end of of points late on. It was the same against Forest. We we managed to claw back a point from you know from nowhere really. In if you look at the grand scheme of the game, but yeah, it's when three points were so close. Our first home victory of the season that would have been absolutely sensational to to do it against Liverpool but yeah I think we've got to be we've got to be proud of that performance and for me it sends a message to the teams that are below us at the moment teams that haven't really shown too much as of yet they haven't shown the fight that we've shown um so yeah I think from performance perspective and from a um a grit and a determination perspective 
what a what a display that probably have a real impact on on things going forward well that is it for today a big thank you to the two of you for joining me a big thank you to everybody watching and listening the next pod will be thursday where we preview Manchester United away and what a time to play Manchester United at Old Trafford. It's going to be um, a massive, massive occasion going to, to one of the most iconic stadiums in the world um, and genuinely believing that, that, again, we can get something off this game, which I think this Liverpool game has, has aided that as well. Um, as mentioned at the top of the show, we've got our giveaway still going, so check us out on social media to, to recap everything you can win and how to enter. But until the next show, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.